Shalom to all. Today's office superstar pay. We are starting Ein Testament Base, six lines up from the bottom with a brand new Mishnah. And today's office sponsor, Lila Nishmas, Mars, Miriam, Sarah, Basib, Yaakov, Misha, Hernish, Shama, Shadav, and Aliyah, and Lila Nishmas, Yerbi Yachmiel, Mardachai, Ben Rabchaim, his Nishama, Shadav, and Aliyah. And the Mishnah says, Someone that spends money on his wife's Nechasim. She brought an apple orchard into the marriage. She brought something in. He invested money into it in hopes that it's going to improve and he's going to get money. Let's say he spent a lot of money, but he ate very little, meaning his profits, his gains were very little. Or Kimavachal he invested very little, but he ate a lot. He had a great profit margin. That's fantastic. And then he divorced his wife. So whatever he spent, he spent. Whatever he ate, he ate. Which means he's not able to taina. I spent so much money. I invested so much into this property and I got nothing from it. If he ate a little bit, that's his tough luck. It was just a bad investment. But let's say if he spent money, he invested, but he didn't eat anything. He didn't benefit at all. Then he can swear how much he spent and he can get that money back. So nothing more asked for Kimmel, how much is a little bit? It has to be that he received at least a little bit of a benefit from this property. If he received at least a minimal benefit, so then when he divorces his wife, he's not allowed to demand any of his outsides, any of his expenditures. But if he didn't even benefit a little bit, so then he could get his expenditures back. So what's considered a little bit? Amar Vasi says, even if all he did was eat one dried fig, that's the only thing he gained from the property, that's already considered like he gained something. But it has to be that he ate it in an honorable way. They say in the best measure of Rav, even if all he ate was a small cake made of dates, that's already considered like he gained from the property. By Rav Bibi, Rav Bibi asked the following question, what about if all he ate was his chuf tamri? That's a cake of pressed figs, but that's after the figs were already used for making beer. What's halach over there? Is that considered like he gained from the property? Take it, we're going to wait for Allah Yonav to come and answer that question. We continue asking, what about if he didn't eat a derech kavod? He didn't eat in an honorable way. He did benefit from his property, but it wasn't in an honorable fashion. So Amr tells us, argued about this. Amr, one of them said, he has to eat at least an iser worth. Amr, one of them says he has to eat at least a diner's worth. Now, Amr, the other of Pompadisa said, Rav Yehuda passed in a case just like this with Chavilei's Meiraz, which are bundles of grapevines which are used for feeding animals. That's all the benefit the husband received. He just took some bundles of grapevines and gave them to his animal, and that's already considered receiving a benefit. And Rav Yehuda, he says, if a person benefited from the land, either with Arla, Shvias, or Kalayim, Hareza Chazaka, that's already considered a Chazaka. We know that in order for a person to fully establish Chazaka that this field is his, he has to be there for three years benefiting from the land. Rabbi Yehuda holds that even if he had minimal benefit from the field, for example, he used Myras from the field and not fruits because they were usher due to Arla, that's still considered a Chazaka. So we see the benefit of Myras is considered a benefit, and the husband, after he divorces his wife, is not to be Tavea, any Hotsais, any expenditures that he made into this property. But now we have a case where Mishnah does not apply. Amrav Yaakov, Amrav Chizda, if he spent money, he invested into the property of his wife, who's a katana, then he's treated as if he spent money on someone else's property, and he would get money back. And my time of why is that? That's because Rabbanu made a takana for her, that he shouldn't cause a loss to the property. Now, to understand this, we have to know what this means. So if Ruvain's field is just sitting there, and Shimon goes in, spends money, and approves it, he receives a portion of the profits. How much does he receive? The same amount an aris, a sharecropper, would receive. So over here, what the Gemara is saying is if a man marries a katana, we're afraid that because she can just do mion, she can walk out, that would leave him with nothing, he's going to mistreat her property and cause a decrease in value. And therefore, in order to prevent him from ruining the property, we say that if she ends up walking out and doing mion, he's going to get back expenditures like an aris, and he's not going to walk out with nothing. And a story highlighting this idea of a person spending more money on his wife's property than he's actually receiving in exchange. There was a woman that 400 zoos felt her be Yerusha, but it was located in Bechuzai, which was very far from where they lived. Azlagavra, so her husband went, Apek Shismea, he spent 600 zoos, I see Arbamea, and he came back with this 400. Doesn't seem like a very good business venture. But Hadid Kaasi, on his way back home, he needed one zoos for spending money. 
Yishai when he took that one Zuz from the 400 of his wife's Yerusha. And then shortly after this, he divorced his wife and he was demanding this 600 back that he spent to get his wife's 400. He came to Ravami, he told him, whatever he spent, he spent, whatever he ate, he ate. He spent 600, he gained one because on his way back, he took one. So tough luck on him. He loses that 599. But now, that's only where he's eating Paris. Paris is something that grew from the field. Paris is rent earned from an apartment or something like that. But over here, over here, he only ate from the principal and that's considered a Haitza, that's considered an expense. He didn't eat from the profit, he ate from the actual Karen. He took one Zuz out of her 400 of Karen, of the principal. And that's not considered like he took gains, like he took profits from it. So Ravami said, okay, Imkain, if that's so, that's considered a case of a person spending money and not benefiting at all. So he gets to swear how much he spent and he gets that money back, which means he gets his 600 back. But now we're going to focus on this concept of he gets to swear how much he spent and he gets that back. Amar Vasi, he says, that's only if the profits were as much as the Haitza. The Haitza was 100, the profits were 100, so he gets to swear and he gets his 100. The Gemara says, regarding what halach is that relevant. So Amar Vasi, he says, if the gains were more than that which he spent, he could get that which he spent without making a Shavua. But Amar Rava, now Rava asked him, if that's really so, so he's going to end up being deceitful. Let's say he only spent $10, but the gains were 100, so he's going to end up saying, oh, I spent 90, and since that's still less than the gains, he's going to receive 90 in his pocket when he divorces her, and he's not going to even have to make a shvua. but that's dishonest, because he really only spent 10 and not 90. So Alamorava, Rava says, really, this is the way that it goes. If he ended up spending more money than that which was gained, he only gets the amount of hutzas that he spent, which is equal to the shavach. So let's say he spent 150, but the shavach was only 100. He maximum gets 100, and he also has to make a shvua in order to get that amount. And now continuing with this, Ibail who asked the following question, Baalja hired a recent tachtov mahu. Let's say a husband brought a recent, he brought sharecroppers in in place of him. His wife brought an apple orchard into the marriage. He didn't want to work the apple orchard, so he brought some sharecroppers in. Now he divorced his wife. The question is, what do we do with these arisim, these sharecroppers? And here are the two sides to the coin. Adati the Balnachis, when they went into the land, did they go based off of the husband? The husband hired them. They're just with the husband. Now the husband has left. He has nothing to do with the property because he divorced his wife. So now that recent also have to leave and they lose whatever they invested in the property. Or perhaps adapted the Aranachas. They went into the property. They were hired to work a property. They don't really care whose it is, the husbands, the wives. It doesn't make a difference. This is their job to work a property. And this property right now is for Arisim. The wife is not going to end up working the property on her own. So anyway, she's going to have to hire Arisim. So over here, we already have sharecroppers in the field. But I'm asking Rav Baravchan. Rav Baravchan asked the following question. Why should this be any different than someone going to his friend's field, planting something without permission? And what do we do in that case? We evaluate how much he put into the field, and he has a lower hand, which means he's at a disadvantage, but he does walk out with some money. In other words, what the Gemara is asking is if a Yarid, that's this fellow who went into his friend's field without permission and approved it, if he at least gets compensated for his expenses, and that's with him going in without permission, so surely these sharecroppers who went in with permission should receive at least as much as a Yarid and be reimbursed for their expenses. What's your having me to say the sharecroppers would have to walk out with nothing? So Gemara answers there's a fundamental difference. Over there, when the fellow went into his friend's field and planted something, there was no one doing work in the field anyway. So therefore, he gets some sort of reimbursement for that. But Hach over here, Ikabal the Tarach, the husband, he could have done work in the field. He didn't have to hire a resim. So therefore, the two cases are different. So Gemara says, okay, my Havalah, what's the Psak? So I'm going to bring the Rishu. He answers, Chazinan, we analyze. Ipal Arisu, if the husband is someone who would have done work in the field anyway, so then Estalak Labal, Once a husband leaves, so they have to leave as well. Meaning the sharecroppers that he hired to do work instead of him, they have to leave the field as well. But Ibal Lavarisu, 
true if the Baal isn't an Aris, if he wouldn't have done work in the field, then that means that Arla Rise Kaima, the land is meant for Arisim, it's meant for sharecroppers, and they have rights to be Tevea, reimbursement for their expenditures. And another question regarding Nechzimulog. Ibailu asked the following question. Baal Shemacha Karkala Peres Mahu. Let's say the husband sold the land for the fruit. Obviously, the Nechzimulog is not his property, but he does have rights to the Peres, so he sold the rights to the Peres. What's Ahalacha? Mi Amina, do he say, my Dekani Akni, that which he acquired from his wife, which is the right to the Peres, he has the rights to be Makni that to somebody else, and he could sell the rights to the fruit. Oidomo, perhaps, Kita Kinule Rabbana Peres Labal. Why is it the Rabbana were Metakin that the Baal gets the Peres, Payamud Beza on top, and Mishum Ravach Beza? That's why there should be Ravach in the house. When he has apple trees, he's going to take care of them, make sure that apples grow, he's going to bring them home, and now there's going to be abundant food in the house. But they never were attacking it for him to be allowed to sell it. So he has two sides of the coin. What's the halacha? So the Meir Barmerei Meir Meshmed the Rava Amar. He said the name of Rava. Masha also also whatever was done was done. He sold it. He's allowed to sell the pears. Rav Papa Amar Meshmed the Rava. Rav Papa said the name of Rava. Allah of Loi Klum. It's not valid at all. Now Rav Papa. Rav Papa said Hadi Huda Meir Barmerei Meir. That which Yehuda Meir said in the name of Rava. La beferish itmar. He didn't hear beferish from Rava. Ela mechala itmar. He inferred it from something that Rava said. So he thought that that's what Rava held. And what was the story that he said there was a woman that Ilo Leila Gavra Tarti Amasa. She brought two maidservants into the marriage. Also Gavra Nasav Itzachriti. Her husband went and married another wife. So now her husband has two wives. Then her husband went, took one of these maidservants, and gave her to the second wife of his. So she came to Rava, meaning this first wife went to Rava. Tzavcha, she was yelling, how could he take my second maidservant and give it to his second wife? But Rava didn't pay attention. So Manachaz, the one that was witnessing this, in other words, Yehuda Mar he was witnessing this thing happen. Savar, he thought to himself, Mishum de Savar, it's because Rava holds Masha Asar Asoy. Whatever was done was done. And he's allowed to sell his rights to the pay rise, which means that he's allowed to take this maidservant that his first wife brought in and give this maidservant to the second wife. But Rav Papa continued, Valahi, that's not so. That's not what Rava holds. Really, Mishum Revach Besa. Rava holds the reason why the Baal has the rights to the Paris is so that there's Revach in the house. Valka Revach, and over here there still is Revach Bayas. Even though the second maidservant, for the most part, does work for the second wife, she still is doing work in general for the household. She's cleaning and tidying and making food and doing dishes and things like that, and that benefits the entirety of the household, so therefore there still is Revach Bayas. Now, Hilchsa, the halacha is, Baal Shemacha Karkala Paris, Loy of Loiklum. If a husband sold the Karka just for the Paris, it's not valid at all. My time, oh, why is that? Abai Amr Hashin Shamatachsef. Abai says that's because we're afraid he's going to end up ruining the property. We're afraid that the fellow that bought the rights to the fruit is not going to take care of the property because he figures to himself the husband is just going to divorce his wife. The wife is going to take her property with her, which means I'm going to lose my Paris. So why should I take care of the property? I wouldn't want the wife's property to get ruined, so therefore it's not a valid sale. Rav Amr, he says, Mishum Revach Besa, because of Revach Bayas. The whole reason Chum said the husband's allowed to get the fruits is so that there could be Revach in the house, there could be extra fruit, and there'll be a lot of food, and therefore he's not allowed to sell his rights to the Paris. The Gemara asks, my Benayu, what's the difference between them? We answer, Ikim Benayu, the difference is, number one, our Demikr of Masa, if the land is close to the city. So if the land is close to the city, technically there's no issue in him selling it, because if the person mistreats the property, the wife is going to be able to see that because it's very close to the city, and then Bezin could take measures to make sure the property doesn't get ruined. But in terms of Revach Besa, there would still be an issue. Inami, alternatively, Baal Arisu, if the Baal himself is an Aris, which means if the Baal himself is doing work in the field, and he just gives the physical fruit to the person that bought them, there's still an issue of Revach Besa, but there's no issue in the property getting ruined, the Baal is going to make sure the property doesn't get ruined because he does anticipate that if his wife dies, he's going to inherit this property, so he doesn't want to ruin it. Or Inami, alternatively, the third difference would be Zuzi. If he's receiving money for the fruit, and he's doing business with that money, so in terms of Revach Besa, there's no issue. There is Revach Bayas. He's taking that money and he's investing it into something, and so he's going to be taking those profits home. But because of the land getting ruined, we do have that issue. The fellow who bought the rights to the fruit still might ruin the land. And on to this new mission that we continue talking about, the Nechassim that the wife brings into the marriage and other Nechassim as well. The Mishnah says, Shemeres Yavim Shanafullah Nechassim, a Shemeres Yavim that Nechassim fell to her. So let's remind ourselves that Shemeres Yavim is a woman who is married to a person.
person whom we'll call Reuven. Reuven died without children, so now she falls to Yibam, to Shimon, Reuven's brother. So she's in this interim stage. She's an Almana. She doesn't have a husband. However, she has Zika Yibam. She's connected to Shimon, and she's waiting for Yibam from Shimon. Now she got a chasm from one of her relatives. She could sell it. She could give it away. And that's a valid sale or gift. But now the Mishnah addresses Mesa. Let's say she dies. What's done with her Ksuba and the Nechasim that come and go with her? Her Ksuba is her Ksuba. And the Nechasim, Hanachasim, Yotim Ima is referring to her Nechasim Elog. What's done with those? So Beshameh and Beshameh says, Yechalko Yoshabalam Yoshaav, the Yarshim of the husband and Yarshim of the father split them. The Yarshim of the husband is referring to Shemin, Ruvain's brother, and the Yarshim of the father means her Yarshim. So her Yarshim and her husband's Yarshim split these Nechasim equally. That's because, as we said, she's in this interim stage. We're not so sure. Is she considered married or is she not considered married? So therefore, it's just a split. The Nechasim, they remain in their Chazaka. Uksuba, what about the Ksuba? That's in the Chazaka of the Yarshim of the husband, meaning Shemin. And those remain with the Yarshim, meaning her Yarshim. Next stage in this, let's say his brother, meaning Ruvain, who died, he left over money. So what's done with that? Property has to be bought with it, and he, Shemin, who's a Yavam, he gets the benefit from the Paris. Let's say that what Ruvain left over was Paris at fruit that was already detached from the ground, so land has to be bought with that, and he gets the pears from that. Let's say that what Ruvian left over was pears that were still attached to the ground. Amrav Meir of Meir says, We evaluate the property, how much is it worth with the pears on them, and how much would it be worth without the pears on it? And with that difference in value, property is bought with it, and Shimon, the Yavam, he gets the benefit from the pears. They say, These pears were still attached to the ground, so they belong to him, they belong to the Yavam. Hatlushim and Akarka, if they're detached from the ground, so then call Kaidim Zachabahen. Whoever gets there first, he gets them, he gets to keep them. Kadam Hu, Zacha. If he, the Yavam, Shimon, he got there first, so he's Zachan them. Kadmahi, if she got there first, Yokachben Karka, so then we should sell them with those proceeds, buy land with them, Vuacha Paris, and he gets the benefit from the Paris. Now moving on to the next stage, Kansal, let's say he married her. Shimon married his Yavama. Harehi Kishal she's considered like his wife for everything. Vavad, except for the fact she takes Subasa Nixabal Rishon, her Ksuba comes from Nechasim of her first husband. She gets her ksuba paid out from Ruvain's Nechasim, not from Shimon's Nechasim. Now that also means that Lo Yaimer La, her new husband, Shimon, is not allowed to tell her, your ksuba is on the table. Meaning he's not allowed to tell her, this property of Ruvain's, your deceased husband, that's designated for your ksuba, and all the other ones I'm going to take and I'm going to sell them and I'm going to do whatever I want with them. All of Ruvain's Nechasim are in lean for her ksuba, and Shimon is not allowed to do anything with Ruvain's Nechasim. Furthermore, Lo Yaimer Adel Ishtai, forget about a Yavam and Yavama, a regular person is not allowed to tell his wife, your ksuba is on the table, meaning this property over here is designated for your ksuba, and I'm going to do whatever I want with all my other properties. All of a person's properties and possessions are on lien for a woman's ksuba. Now going back to our Yavam and Yavama case, Girsha, let's say he divorced her. She only gets her ksuba. Let's say he remarried her. She's like all other women. And she only gets her ksuba. And the Gemara is going to explain this Mishnah piece by piece, teaching us exactly what we're learning from each part of the Mishnah. We're going to stop here for the day, pick up tomorrow with the beginning of the Gemara. For now, everyone should have a wonderful day.